With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive, this game is over! Gary Hill. All right, welcome back. Time once again for the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. So great to have you here once again in what is a fairly unusual situation. I've recorded the podcast in a lot of different places. This is a first, though, as I am recording the podcast sitting in a completely empty and dark Angel Stadium. <laughs> we have plane issues. So I'm just recording it here while we wait. Hey, is it? Yeah, is Aaron Goldsmith joining the podcast? Are you podcasting? Yeah. I thought, you know, while we're sitting here, well, uh, it's uh, completely dark and empty at Angel Stadium. The sprinklers are on. I thought this would be a great time to do a podcast. Why don't you tell me? I had to hear you like five booths down. <laughs> I know. We're all in separate booths. <laughs> Spanning the entire well, section. Well, actually, you and I are the only one in booths. We're doing work separately, obviously. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the entire crew, including Tim Hevley from Baseball Information. Have you covered this already? No. Okay. I just started. You heard me I, okay. just start. You walked in at the beginning. Uh, and a number of behind-the-scenes people from our Root Sports crew are all in the, fair called the foyer of the press box. That seems pretty fancy for that area. Uh, basically, a large unused space of the entrance off the elevators and they're watching Sunday night football from about 20 feet away on a 30 inch television we are the only ones in the ballpark right now I mean this is pretty weird it, honest to goodness although somebody's yelling in the background did you tell them uh, about our dinner tonight no I have not I, I just started you walked in at the very beginning well, I would have let off with dinner if I <laughs> Well, go. Lead uh, off with dinner. Well, Blower Power had the idea of we got to get pizza. I had the idea of, well, could we leave? Well, because, right. Because if we leave, we may not be able to get back yeah, in. If we can't we get back in, we can't get on the bus, bus and the plane, issues. and then we're stuck. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't really know how long we would have until the bus left. Although now we know that the answer is forever. <laughs> so we could have gone and had a tremendous meal Uh and just figured out how to get back in yeah uh but i uh i tried a local pizzeria and i got my first ever busy signal since i was like in seventh grade uh and i called three times and it was busy every time so sorry moving on so we had some really at best mediocre Domino's delivery to Angel Stadium, uh, which I picked up outside the main gate. 
and uh, it was pretty all right given our circumstances. Shoving the pizza through the bars to you That's, of the gate. I was so hoping for that. <laughs> there was actually a security guy there for some reason. And he was, "What are you doing?" Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually, we're getting pizza delivered, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm meeting him out out by the main gate outside here. What? Yeah, we're at the Mariners and. Our plane's broke, so we're here, like, forever. Yeah. So we wanted to eat. But, yeah, 45 bucks bought enough pizza and breadsticks to uh, feed the crew. Because really all we're looking for is to survive until the morning. That's really, true. that's... And, and it also should be noted, as you and I are very loyal Alaska Airlines customers, yes. we looked into every <laughs> possible... I mean, there's, like, seven airports around uh-huh. us right now, uh-huh. and we looked at every route... Leaving tonight to Seattle, spend the night at home, wake up tomorrow morning, take an early flight to Houston. How about tonight to Houston? Mm-hmm. From LAX, from John Wayne, from any pos- – no, nothing, not at all, not going to happen. Although, I, when we were watching the football game, I was looking at – what was the route that I was looking at? From – oh, I was looking at tomorrow morning. This is how desperate I was thinking. Tomorrow uh-huh. morning, LAX to Houston. And I saw that there was a flight that left like at 7 in the morning and got into Houston at whatever, 2 in the afternoon. Uh And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) $1,200. Yes. Sign me up for that one. Plus a $100 cab ride from here to LAX. Hotel room. I mean, obviously only the finest hotel, so that's $300. (laughs) Uh, Like, you know, Kevin Martinez, uh, great boss. I don't think he's going to sign off on any of those expense reports. Probably not. Great idea, though. Yeah, you know. So what what are you going to, what are you podcasting about? Series win? Yeah. Or is it mostly just going to be like survive? Survival of Artie Moreno's uh, well, Angel Stadium. It was going to be that, and I was going to say goodbye to people just in case, because you never know what will happen to this us. This would be a good record here. of our final final being. I do feel like we're there's a chance we're going to spend the night here at the stadium. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think's going on downstairs? By the way, in the clubhouse. I mean, okay, you know Sunday night football's on. Right, right. right. They, all those guys have a massive fantasy league. Uh-huh. They have couches. They have refrigerators. The cl- I mean, oh, think about it from the clubbies' point of view, right? Like, can, uh, can the clubbies leave? Do they have to stay and feed people? I mean, I don't know. I'm just – they definitely had to get food. Yeah, yeah. Their eating situation probably ended up better than ours. They probably spent more than 45 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not notice the delivery guy from Domino's with a whole truckload of pizza. Yeah, rolling up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at. I mean, you know, the only thing, the, the only thing that is even close to this, and it isn't particularly close. The only thing in the neighborhood was in April in Minnesota. Minnesota, that's right. Which actually, game gets banged because it's cold, and apparently snow's coming, which yeah, like kind which of happened. Kind of like saw there was later. like a flake, right? And they called the game early, right? Yeah, and then we went back to the hotel which was across the street, and we, we crushed some Jimmy John's, and we basically hung out for like two or three hours and then got on the bus. Oh, and we flew on like like the Bulls were using our plane. Yes, that was it. So we couldn't like take off right away, so we had to wait for a plane. And now we're using the Giants plane? Yeah, the Giants. We had to wait for the Giants to get to San Diego, and then the plane will come back to here because our plane is... But we have to get new pilots. Yeah, the whole right, thing. Right, because there's laws right. about that thing. right. 
Well, bottom line, I mean, Gary, I've heard your podcast. This is going to be by far the more, most interesting episode. Oh, I think so. I think so, especially... I mean, otherwise, highlights, here's Edwin Diaz, here's Scott uh-huh. Service. No, this is real big league stuff right here. Yeah, especially when we can't be found tomorrow. <laughs> Where are those guys? Uh, At least we'll have this. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I was us. thinking, like, what ballparks would you most want to be stranded in? Oh. Survivor Island, big league ballparks. Sounds like we have a Blowers on Baseball for I think while. that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, this is... Although I wouldn't consider Angel Stadium like a top my ballpark list by any means, but all the booths are open air. It's the booths a, are open. It's, it's a warm. beautiful Southern California yeah. night. Yeah. So you know, it could be a lot worse. It could. Be I mean, worse not really though. Actually, when you think about <laughs> it, like, yeah. I mean, how could it be worse? I mean, let's just say you won't be saying that when we step into our hotel room at six a.m. Oh, Blo and I were trying to do the math just a little bit ago. I would. I mean, it's going to be. It'll be. I, we're thinking it's going to be probably five in the morning. Yeah, I agree with that. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, is that best case scenario? I think so. So uh, so what else do we have here? What else are we doing? I was going to talk about the weekend. People should know, by the way, that you are in the like auxiliary, auxiliary booth here at Angel Stadium. The only light that is allowing us to see anything is from the booth next to you. And the, You're yeah. podcasting in the dark. Yeah. Uh, I was. That's what I was opening up with. I've thought about all the different places I've done podcasts. Oh. This, this scenario is a first. In a darkened stadium, well after the game. Oh yeah, the game was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That uh, was forever ago. Yeah, this is, you know, uh, further behind the scenes, the Mariners, and you you know this as well as I do, and you'll back me up. The Mariners have the best traveling secretary. Oh yeah, absolutely. Jack Mosseman uh-huh. is the guy. I Who, mean, we need to sit down with him at some point. We do. We, it he would, would make great. a great podcast. Yes. Guest. yes. Jack is tremendous. And the interesting thing about Jack, not to digress too much on the travel side of it, is he works in baseball ops as well. Like mm-hmm. That was his gig. I mean, he worked exclusively on the minor league side of things and came to the big league side of things. And then Jerry said, hey, uh, we need a traveling secretary. Do you want to have two jobs? Like, two, like, literally, do you want two jobs? Those, two full-time two. gigs. And that's what Jack has. He juggles it incredibly. And... Being a big league traveling secretary is probably the worst job in America. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, it's not the dirtiest job, right? Right. But in terms of stress level, uh-huh. and I mean, not that like big leaguers are high maintenance, but... But you are. But I am. <laughs> I mean, that's enough, right? <laughs> so, uh, Jack, this has nothing to do with Jack. I mean, he if plane's broke. No, it, yeah, plane's broke. Right, it has nothing right, to do with right. Jack. But uh, I feel bad for Jack because, like... We have two more cities to go to, and this happens. I mean, yeah. like, we're, like we've had smooth as silk travel. Right. And then this. So then not this. a fun night for Jack. No, not a fun night for Jack. And uh, I just hope we get there. I wouldn't bet on it, but I feel good. <laughs> I feel good that we are on the record here. And if this is the last time our voice is ever heard, well, I'd like, this is, I feel like we're going out on top. Yeah, I do too. Hey, thanks for stopping hey, in. Hey, I... I'm honored. It's good to. We haven't done one of these in a while. We haven't done one of these in a long time. All it took was <laughs> this uh, ridiculous scenario for it to happen again. All right. We'll carry on. Um, and everybody, thanks for tuning in, and thank you for being a part of our journey to Houston, which may or may not happen. But may or not, you'll know if you tune into the radio yeah. at six o'clock. If you don't hear anything, <laughs> we didn't make yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. 
Perfect. We'll see you, G-Man. Yeah, that was great. That was that was excellent. So there it is. That's the open. Let's talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend. Mariners take three of four from the Angels over the weekend. There's a lot that went down over the weekend. Eight to two on Thursday. Followed that with a five nothing win on Friday. Six to five. They won a narrow one on Saturday. Really, the highlights from the weekend. Involved Mitch Hanniger, no surprise. The windup and the 2-1 to Hanniger swing and a high fly ball deep to left field. This one has the distance and it is gone. Goodbye baseball. Just fair down the left field line waiting for the third base umpire to survey it. Bill Welke, a fair ball down the left field side. Mitch Hanniger with a home run. His 25th home run of the season. Edwin Diaz as well continues to make history number 55 on the season only two two pitchers have saved more games than Edwin Diaz in a single season which is incredible here is the set by Diaz and the 2-2 pitch swing and a fly ball in the left field shallow toward the line long run span he's there he's got it and the ball game is over the Mariners win it 6-5 here in Anaheim over the Angels Sugar with a save how sweet it is number 55 on the year ties Gagne and Smoltz for the third most saves in Major League history. Holy smokes, Eddie Diaz does it one more time, and what a comeback by the Mariners tonight. They were down four to nothing, and the Mariners come from behind, and they beat the Angels tonight a final score of six to five. So the Mariners take three of four over the weekend. Here's what Scott Service said after the final game, a loss last night to the Angels in game four of the series, keeping the Mariners away from the sweep. Yeah, Marco wasn't quite as sharp uh, as he was last time out, but uh, i got to give him a ton of credit. He kind of gutted it out and, you know, got through the five innings and uh, gave us a chance, you know, left in a tie ball game. So, again, you know, these starts he makes down the stretch, we're not going to overextend him, but I think it's important he continues to pitch and, you know, finish out the season strong. So, uh, he feels fine, just, you know, it wasn't quite as sharp with his off-speed stuff today. It wasn't just getting it out. He made some good pitches in the second inning. That strikeout's on board. How much did that change the rest of the inning? Oh, yeah, he had traffic in a lot of innings. Uh, you know, he, he was able to, to get through. You know, we made some decent defensive plays behind him. The pickoff, uh, getting out of that inning was a, was a big play. So, uh, uh, again, uh, it's a complete season and trying to finish it off on a high note. And, and like I said, really battled today. Upton had a pretty good series against yeah, we didn't we didn't do a good job against Upton. There's no question. He, he got some balls up out over the plate and, you know, took a ball the other way today, which, you know, most of his balls against us have been on the full side, but, uh, you know, he, he had a good series. Um, you know, we didn't, didn't make good pitches against him. Nelson pretty under the weather, right? Yeah, N- Nelson's uh, sick. We got that, the, the virus thing has kind of gotten through our clubhouse. Uh, it was a late scratch today, you know. It's, it's it's hard when he's not in the middle of your lineup, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we're right there in the ball game. You know, Vincent's been throwing the ball great. He, he made a mistake late in the count, and, you know, the guy took him out the other way for the home yeah, you know, Vogie hasn't played much, you know, uh, recently. He's coming off the hamstring injury when he got to us here in the big leagues. He's feeling better, so it's a chance to get him to start today. Put a really good swing on that ball. You know, he's got that kind of power and certainly a, a big hit in the ball game. Hanniger not letting up here at all. What a season he's had every day. Just continues to be you know, steady, Eddie. Just grinds through it and uh, you know, fun to watch. He does not give away at bats, that's for sure. 
I know that you would like to get the win today, but to take three or four and to start the last road trip like this. Overall, what positives have you seen from the team? Well, you know, offensively, I thought we swung the bat much better. We did do a ton today, but uh, the first three games of the series, there were some good signs there. You know, you, you win the series, you're going to win every ball game, and we're disappointed when you got a chance to sweep them and didn't finish it off today. But good series, you know, we did some good things offensively, which is nice to see. I think it would be fun to hear from Christopher Negron as well, who had a big day in Game 3 of the series, came up with a home run, three hits in the ball game. As he talked about it after the game with Shannon Dreyer. Here's the pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Well hit left center field. Upton going back, looking up, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Hey, welcome to the Mariners. Christopher Negron with his first home run in the Mariners uniform. Holy smokes, Negron flying around the bases, touches home. Thanks, Rick. I'm down here with Christopher Negron, and what a nice game for you tonight. When you come to the ballpark, is it a matter of looking at the lineup and seeing where you're at, or did you have an idea you'd play today? I had an idea. You know, I've been uh, I've been thrown in there with the past couple lefties with CC and uh, Lucchese with the Padre. So went to bed last night, made sure I had uh, some good rest just in case, and uh, came to the yard ready to play. You had a guy on the mound that you hadn't seen before, at least at the big league level. How do you go about preparing for that? No, we got all the scouting reports talking to the guys. Handy gave me a breakdown on a lot of the pitchers when I was about to come up. So just having a good idea of what uh, what they throw, what to look for, and, and kind of staying within myself and my approach, I was able to put a good swing on the ball. First at bat, you were looking at, you were, you know, saw some pitches. Second at bat, some swings, and it paid off. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to <laughs> just trying to warm myself up. Now I was a. Uh, yeah, definitely first half I was a little bit longer than the second one, but, you know, I was uh, getting some good pitches to hit and was able to put good swings on them. First home run in the majors since 2014. That had to feel good. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you say it like that. But, no, it's been it's been a grind to come back up, and, uh, you know, they, they're giving me the chance here to play, and I'm uh, just looking to help the team out and take advantage of it. He helped out in a big way in the eighth inning. You get on, strike out, but you make it to first. At that point, are you a base runner thinking, I've got to get as the tying run to second base? Oh, yeah. Always just try and make something happen, even if it's sad and nothing right there. I got a strikeout and the ball got kind of away, and you never know what can happen. Lastly, what have these last two weeks been like for you, and what has Scott told that he would like to see from you? It's been fun. You know, it's a great group of guys, and, you know, I've just been told to come out here and play hard. You know, just play my game, do whatever I can do, and, and, and help the team out. It's great to see you tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. So now the Mariners move on to take on the Astros starting tonight. 5-10 first pitch. We'll take the air at 4 o'clock. Wade LeBlanc will take the ball in game one. Leak will go in game two. TB determined in game three of the series on Wednesday. Off day Thursday, then the final final series final road series of the season and that's against the texas rangers so that's coming up tonight we have much more to get to in this podcast here's what we're going to do asashi wakuma it was official last week is saying goodbye to the mariners to major league baseball we'll have our tribute to asashi wakuma as a mariner that will come up and it's only fitting since we were in Anaheim, Mariners taking on the Angels, that we would revisit really one of the most amazing moments in Mariners history, one of the most amazing moments in baseball history. The Griffey's going back-to-back as well. Rick Riz, who was there on the call, we'll talk about that. And hopefully we'll be back tomorrow. This week, the Seattle Mariners said goodbye to one of their greatest starting pitchers in franchise history. The windup and the 0-2 pitch, and it's strike three called on the outside corner. Holy smokes, that is strikeout number 13. A baker's dozen strikeouts for Hisashi Iwakuma. 
13 strikeouts. He has fanned Brett Laurie for the fourth time tonight. What a night for Iwakuma. Hisashi Iwakuma returns to Japan as he continues his career, but says goodbye to his major league career and the Seattle Mariners. And the 2-2. Swing and a miss. He comes in and buries a heater on Salto Lamakia's wrist. And with that, Iwakuma has spun seven scoreless. He's fanned eight Tigers hitters. And over Iwakuma's last three starts here inside Safeco Field, 21 and a third consecutive scoreless innings for Hisashi Iwakuma. Iwakuma spent parts of six seasons in a Seattle Mariners uniform, compiling an ERA of 3.42, third best among starting pitchers in franchise history behind just Felix Hernandez and Randy Johnson. The one two to Moreland, swing and a miss, strike three, and there is number 500 for Iwakuma. 150 games in a Mariners uniform, 883 innings, 714 strikeouts, and so many memorable moments along the way. Takes the ball from Iwakuma, who exits to a standing ovation here at Safeco Field. He was an all-star in 2013. He finished third in Cy Young Award voting, and he baffled the very best the game had to offer. My greatest Iwakuma memory came in 2013. We were in Detroit. And the year before, Miguel Cabrera had won the Triple Crown. He won the MVP. And in 2013, the year I'm talking about, he won the MVP again. He hit nearly 350. He was, without question, the most deadly hitter that this game had at that time. Iwakuma goes eight innings that day against the Tigers. And Cabrera, in particular, goes 0 for 4 against Iwakuma. And he punched him out twice. Both times it came, no surprise, on the splitter from Iwakuma. And the next day, I was in the Tigers clubhouse for one purpose. I had to talk <laughs> to Miguel Cabrera, who at that moment in time was the best hitter on planet Earth. And I had to ask him, how in the world did you go 0 for 4 against any pitcher? And I'll never forget, he described Iwakuma's splitter. He described it as a butterfly. He said, every time I would swing, <laughs> it would flutter away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. This is coming from a generational hitter, and certainly at that time, the best hitter. The 0-2 swing and a miss. What a silly swing there by Cabrera. Three pitches, Ooh. and he gets him that time with the splitter, and Cabrera not too pleased about it. Look at his numbers. The two batters he has faced more than anyone else, Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. Mm. Mike Trout, a career 189 hitter. The 2-2. Trout swings and misses. Iwakuma, 92 on the gun. That might be his last pitch of the ball game. And what a high note to go out on. Nice work there by Iwakuma. He strikes out Trout. Albert Pujols, a career 150 hitter. Add to that, at one point in that paltry 150 average for Pujols, he had an 0 for 20 stretch against Iwakuma. Wow. For Albert, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest hitters ever. That's the longest hitless drought he's ever had against any pitcher he's ever faced. 0 for 20 against Iwakuma. The 2-2 on the way. Pools a swing and a miss. Strike three. Holy smokes. Iwakuma needed a strikeout and he got it. He throws that pitch right in underneath the hands of Albert Pools. Opposing players, opposing managers all had the same view. Longtime big league skipper Ron Gardenhire. Well, he's got great stuff. I mean, if you you watch it up there, he, he doesn't really throw the same thing anytime. His ball moves all over the place. He can backdoor a fastball on right-handers. He gets ahead of them. He can paint. Uh, he's got a great breaking ball. Don't keep saying it's like a frisbee. He's got a great changeup and a great splitter, I guess. So, uh, you know what? The guy's got great stuff, and uh, it doesn't matter how many times you face great pitchers. Uh, there's a reason why those guys have good records and good ERAs is because they've got good stuff.
and that's what he's got. He's got great stuff. It doesn't matter every time you face him. He's not going to lose his stuff. He's got good stuff. Here's the windup and the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss by Beltre for strike three, and that's going to retire the side. Seven strikeouts this afternoon for Hisashi Wakumi. He now has retired 12 in a row. He had a lot of movement. Guys didn't pick it up well. The good splitter. You know, he threw the slider in there. You know, fastball had a lot of sink. I mean, and he just pitched. He knew what he was doing, and, you know, he was always a guy that every time it was his day to uh, take the mound, you felt good about it. And no one will forget the night that Asashi Iwakuma made history. The windup and the pitch on the way. Para with a swing and a fly ball. Left center field on the run, Jackson. He makes the catch. A no-hitter for Hisashi Iwakuma. Iwakuma being mobbed out at the mound. The fifth no-hitter in Mariners history. Hisashi Iwakuma has done it on August the 12th. 2015, a 3-0 win over the Baltimore Orioles. Well, it means a lot to me, uh, accomplishing this uh, to you know, my teammates. We, we played great defense today, and they gave us uh, three runs early. Uh, my family that was here at the game today, you know, I felt mentally strong with them being around. Um, the fans were great, you know, very supportive. You know, I felt the fans a lot towards the end especially, so... You know, it means a lot to me, uh, accomplishing this uh, in a Seattle Marine We say goodbye and we salute Hisashi Iwakuma. Hisashi Iwakuma picks up his 14th win of the year. Holy smokes, and he finishes out the year with 23 consecutive scoreless innings. Hello again, everybody, and time now for another Riz Remembers. Let's go back to the 1990 season, and we were witness to one of the greatest sights we've ever seen in the game of baseball. Ken Griffey Jr. playing alongside his dad, Ken Griffey Sr., who came over from the Cincinnati Reds toward the end of his Major League Baseball career. And father and son had a chance to play together in a big league uniform on the same team at the major league level. The Mariners were in Anaheim, California. And little did the fans know in Southern California that particular night, they were going to see something that has never been done in baseball history and may never happen again. Father and son, back-to-back home runs. It was the Mariners against the California Angels, top of the first inning. Kirk McCaskill was the starting pitcher for the Angels that night. Ken Griffey Sr. came up to the plate, and here's what happened. And again, the 0-2 pitch to Griffey, swinging a high fly ball, deep into left center field, wide back to the wall, he tracked to the wall. Goodbye, baseball! Ken Griffey Sr. with his third home run as a Mariner, a two-run drive. Way out of here, deep to left center field. And the Mariners get on the board quickly. Ken Griffey with a two-run shot way out to left center field. A home run for Ken Griffey Sr. going the other way to left center field. Now here comes his kid, the kid, Ken Griffey Jr. The count goes to 3-0. And here's what Jr. did right behind his dad. I mean, the story continues to get better and better and better and better over the last two weeks ever since senior signed. Here's the pitch on the way, swinging a fly ball deep in the left field. Way back, going back. Goodbye, baseball. They do it. The Griffies with back-to-back home runs. And the story continues to get better and better and better. Ken Griffey. He hit his. He touched home plate, and he said, that's how you do it, son. <laughs> You know, and I'm looking at him as he's running back to the dugout like, 
man, that'll never happen to me. And then I got 3-0, they gave me the green light. And, you know, as a young hitter, 20 years old, you really don't get the green light. So they gave me the green light, and I hit it out. And I couldn't wait to get to the dugout. And he made sure I shook everybody's hand before I shook his. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then we sat down next to each other. He said, he hit me on the, on the leg and said, you know what we did? Yeah, we went back-to-back home runs. You know, it was unbelievable to see father and son together. This was something that was reserved for backyard situation, uh, a family picnic or in a, in a sandlot. But, but this unfolded, you know, on, on, a, on a major league field with major league uniforms on, and uh, it, it was just something that never happened in the game of baseball that was historic. But to see father and son interact like they did, I remember one game where there was a fly ball in the left center field, and Senior got there first. He was ready to make the catch. But Junior came flying by, jumped in front of him, and made the catch, and Senior put his hands on his hips. He was still a dad. He was his teammate. Junior was his teammate. He was Junior's teammate, but he was upset. And when they came back inside the dugout, Senior told Junior, hey, that's not the way to play the game of baseball. He talked to him not only as a teammate, but as a father, and Junior learned a very valuable lesson. Father and son taking the field for the first time. Ken Griffey Sr. trotting out to left field. Ken Griffey Jr. trotting out to center field. Quite a historic moment in the history of the game of baseball. Junior waves to his father on his way out to center. I watched and I learned a lot about hitting, watching him those six weeks, what he did, how he set up pitchers. And I learned more about hitting in six weeks than I did living at that man's house. Um, because I could finally look at it and see it as a, you know, instead of him calling me and telling me, I could actually see what he's doing. Yeah. And it really, you know, uh, um, nailed down some things for me. Like, because yeah. he would say something, I'd be on the phone and be like, what? Huh? And then him doing it in front of me, like he would swing at a forkball, swing as hard as he can. Well, the pitcher never threw another forkball the rest of the game to him. Now, I'd get all those, so I tried it. Same thing. Guy wouldn't throw it again. I was like, okay, as long as you swing is really hard. Because he don't know if you missed it by a foot or you barely off. It really helped me to, to watch it. It was truly an incredible sight seeing father and son hit back-to-back home runs the first time ever in the history of the game of baseball and maybe the final time. And the fans in Southern California had a chance to see that at Angel Stadium. Ken Griffey Jr. would be elected into the Hall of Fame in 2016 with the highest percentage of votes ever by a player. Of his many accomplishments that Jr. achieved in his long major league career, right at the top of the list, was playing with his father. And on that night, September the 14th, 1990, hitting back-to-back home runs off of Kirk McCaskill against the California Angels in Southern California. That had to be right at the top of the list. That's another edition of Riz Remembers. What a night for father and son.